Witches. Welcome back to another episode of Jabber. Today we're listening to part two of our interview with Gabriel Goldberg. Hope you guys enjoy. So what's one goal that you have for the end of the year? Um, I think the goal is to uh, start figuring out another show. Okay. Um, because the one I did in Provincetown in August was so beyond what I thought it would be. And the response was amazing. And um, I think it'd be really cool to do another one. I loved doing it. It was such a different experience for me. Um, and I, I kind of loved it. Yeah. Um, you, um, you're really connected to the people of Tom of Bimlin. Yeah. I, th- I feel like something along that avenue like yeah. would be perfect yeah. um i know um i forgot the name of the store that they have where they have the not the house but like the the store where they have like like gallery stuff oh I right could, um I, I could totally see your stuff there isn't it just the tama film store or is it it's yeah. called something yeah a culture or something like that yes culture edit mm-hmm. culture edit um yeah that would be cool I do. I love the Tom of Finland aesthetic. Um, I always have. Like the minute I discovered it in San Francisco in like 91, 92. Um, That's why I wore the leather hat for you today. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Little leather queen moment. And are you wearing like biker boots and jeans? No. Yeah, I have a leather jock strap right now that you can't really see on right now. And um, pleather, pleather heels to go with it. You know? uh, that's good. That's a good one. That's right. Um, Tom, not um, I'm I'm hooked up with Tom and vodka. Okay, but those are two different things. Oh, okay. I, I I'm imagining that Tom of Finland Foundation knows who I am just because they've seen the pictures all over and they've posted one of my one or two of my photos. Um, but yeah, I love I love that brand so much. Um, and I love shooting for that vodka. It's such, it's so much fun. And I love the pictures that we do. And like when we get to recreate uh, their illustrate, his illustrations. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, it's really fun. I used to collect those in high school too. And I would see them on eBay, like yeah. prints and stuff like that. And yeah. I would, I would order them. I had, I, I think I had a debit card back then. Yeah. I think I had a, pay, I think I had a PayPal account and I would load it with money. Um, and that, that's how I was able to like buy shit on the internet. And I would have like little prints that I would collect from from that era. What's one thing you can't live without as an artist? My empathy and compassion. Okay. Um, I feel like, I don't know. I, I, uh, the things that you feel in life are um, so like important in forming the art that you make yeah um and i yeah i mean i, I couldn't live without my feelings I mean, that would be so boring that'd be a terrible life so um, because of how it influences your work yeah yeah um and you know my i look at my pictures and you know they're pretty and there's not i don't know if there's a lot of depth there but The world is so insane and and it feels like it's getting more so every month and all i want to do is put out into the world a little bit of beauty 
that someone can look at and smile at or make hard eyes at or just sort of like fantasize about um, because it is so tough. What about you? Me, um, what I can't live without is, I don't even know like what mine It's a hard is. question. Yeah, I don't even know. Like besides like the basic, like how you said a camera, but like, like I could create something with the cell phone and just like still right. make, it, make it look fucking cool. But I think like the whole, like my upbringing, my courage, my, my not giving a fuck attitude, my, yeah. my, just like my personality, like without having that as like my confidence, I guess, mm -hmm. like to do what I do, I think I couldn't be able to create without that. Sure. And that, took, I, that took a long time in therapy to get to there. <laughs> You know, good for you and I feel like you're never really fully there like it's always a learning it's always a building it's always yeah. a journey you know the, the destination you're never going to reach the destination of getting there it's a constant journey that yeah. we're all on yeah yeah, yeah. so what, uh, do you, what are you currently working on right now um I'm working on um uh, I just did a, uh, I photographed some key art for a, reality, a new reality show, mm -hmm. um, streaming service. Um, and then I'm working on a couple liquor brands retouching. Um, I have another underwear campaign next week. Um, and then I'm going to Mexico for, I photographed uh, the um, advertising and marketing materials for a company called Vakaya. It's a gay travel company. Nice. So we're going to Mexico. Um, and um, the, uh, the, the, the seeds of a book, of a Hollywood Bruiser book are happening. Uh, Ooh, that sounds fun. Yeah. So that's um, uh, a photo editor basically approached me and said, you really need to do a book. And so that's, we're, I'm starting to think about that. That's exciting. I'm going to definitely be their first one to get, make sure I get it. It's gonna, be a while. it's gonna be a while <laughs> but i'm on the waiting list now yeah so you recently did a show in p-town correct yes and, was, and that that was like pretty much like sexually charged for like the homoerotic audience correct so provincetown is gay i mean it's a gay little town and is they, allow, it? No. they allow straight people in which i don't think they should do but um it's, uh, so yes, it was, it was, there were two nudes. The rest were sort of implied nudity or, you know, un guys in underwear. Um, and it was called coming of age. And it like every photo somehow related to, had a story behind it in terms of, you know, something that happened in my own coming of age that sparked then this photo. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, so it was, it was a collection of my work that most of which I had already shot. Uh -huh. um, and then there were a couple new pieces and um, it culminated with uh, the most amazing thing, which was a fellow named Charles Leslie, who started the Leslie Lohman Museum back in 1969. Um, he came in on the Saturday night, it was the second Saturday night of the show and bought one of my pieces for the permanent collection in the Leslie Lohman Museum of Art, which is in Soho, New York. Um, and this is uh, something I had known about for years and years and years, and I knew who he was, and it was incredible. And um, so, yeah, the show was was a big success. 
I was very excited about it. I'm very happy with that. And it was just thrilling to see my work on a wall like that. I had never experienced. Have you ever done a show? Yeah, I've had, I've had, I have had a lot of sh different shows. Like I've been, oh. I've been active, like in, uh, either in a gay show or just like something of just my stuff, like where my stuff is presented. Yeah. I've done, I think I've done like maybe 13 oh, shows in the past 10 years. Oh, sh good for you. I have hustled my way to, to get those. And did you sell any of your pieces? Yeah. Doesn't it feel amazing when you yeah, do that? It, it, it's yeah. It's like, um, it's like a feeling like like you you frame something nice and neat and you you put it together and somebody wants that in their home or their collection and it feels like oh my god like I'm I'm on like my shit's on their wall like you know it it, it gives like that feeling and then this year at DragCon because I I I'm a vendor at within the the the, the world of wonder um, oh so your poster yeah and um I had I was like I'm not gonna bring any um prints or anything just because I I don't I didn't have any time to to get anything done I like all I did was print out um on foam just like you know like a, like a presentation of all my work and whatnot yeah. and I had those just like presented and those were selling and I was like I was like like the time I I, I bring foam people want to buy like pieces of foam and then when the time that I bring like like thousand dollar prints and frame them nice and neat and like nobody wants that i'm like okay <laughs> probably because they don't go to drag con expecting to pay a thousand yeah exactly but really like different. for me like on that avenue i feel like drag con give me the ability to showcase my work within my community and yeah. when you think about it like the whole drag con like a drag queen thing like drag queens make the our community like you know what what it is today like without drag queens today we would not have you know like like in in some ways you can think about a gay rights and such because like where it started right. and and i feel it's like that is like yeah like that that's like a like a an area where i fit in yeah. as an artist because of how sexually charged like my my stuff is and how homo like like homoerotic it is and for like the type of work that i shoot I yeah. felt like that was like the perfect avenue for it. And I'm invited every year to go do it. And I I absolutely love the community that it's, that's come out of it. Yeah. How was it this year? Uh, it was it was surprisingly slow just because of how like they they placed us mm -hmm. because uh, all vendors were kind of pushed a little bit to the side and they mainly focused on the queens this year. Mm -hmm. and I still got tons of traffic um it was it was it was super fun I love doing it like getting all into the the get up and everything and screaming and yelling at people and but do you go and drag I I do me like you on like drag. an escalated scale so yeah. it's, it's like me like with like studs and rhinestones and like a full painted face like I look like I look photoshopped when you see me like Oh my god! You're gonna flash one of those pictures on the screen right now, right? When you yeah, definitely. Like, see, that was that was like my poster <laughs> yeah. at drag. Oh wait, right? You on the car, right? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. saw it. Yeah, yeah, I remember it. Yes. Yeah. That was hot. That was fun. So I had that. Like, I did a a boost on the Instagram thing, and I put like I don't know how like a hundred bucks on there just to like show it on there. Oh, and nice. and people like I would see like the numbers of how many people like actually saw it like within that tiny space because yeah. I wanted to consolidate like everybody just to, to be on everyone's cell phone and everyone goes like oh my god you're the guy that was on my phone and I was like oh my god hi <laughs> it's like, so, like it's like so like Instagram can be a good tool if you know how to use it and yeah. work it and you know push yeah. it out there 
So I don't know how to use it and work it. I just um, block all the fake accounts so that everyone that follows me is quote unquote active. Uh -huh. But like if they have five, if they're following 5,000 people, but they have zero posts and they don't have a photo, I'm just going to block them because it's not a real account. Mm -hmm. But I know that there's things that you can do to get more um, bigger audience. Uh -huh. I would say be careful because once you start doing, once you start putting for ad space like that, they, your account become, it, it anticipates you to do that for every post. So what do, you mean? what do you mean? So anytime I do a post, any, like, like today I did a post, it yeah. asks, it asks me, would you like to boost this to get more exposure? Because it, like all of a sudden my likes will just stop and then that will pop. Yeah. Of how, yeah. And then because of how much money I put into it already it anticipates me to put that much money into every post now. Oh my God. Wait, so is, it, is yours a business account? Yeah. Oh, mine's not a business account. Well, that's the only way that you're able to do that and have those extra tools to do it. Okay. So, so, I, so as I, a I mean, regular user, like I can't yeah. boost up. Boost I would up. say keep it that way because if you have an organic following, just yeah. keep it because okay. the moment they find out you have money and you want to use it, They'll, that's all they want they zach zuckerberg will be right there raping you for something <laughs> you have zach zuckerberg i want to we talked about the thing that vexes us about instagram but can we talk about the thing that we love about it what do i love about instagram i love <laughs> let me look at it do you want me to go first go ahead okay i love that it has literally like I'm, it's like a Christmas morning of thousands and thousands of exhibitionists who love to just show off. And it's just an endless well of potential talent for me to like want to photograph. And it's like... I thought you were going like, to say something completely different. But okay. no, 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 no. I mean, I, I look at it in a very sort of you know, Bambi sort of way in that, like it's a nonstop pool of potential people to photograph. And I love that because it is full of people who love to show off and I love to photograph those guys. Like photographing exhibitionists, and when I say exhibitionists, I don't mean like people who like to go on the street and show off their, you know, like get naked. But I mean, just like people who like to show off in general, just like to be in front of a camera. Those people are fun to photograph. Yeah, you know? it's true, you know? it's true. And, yeah. And for there's no, there's no limitations. They're, they're just completely comfortable for who they were, you know. They're so, they're so comfortable in their own body and they, and they, and they, and then like, they're just willing to go for it. And like the stuff that I shoot, which, you know, it's, it's, I guess it's homoerotic. Um, it's just like, I love Instagram for that reason is, is that you just, can meet people you would never meet otherwise. Mm -hmm. And it's, and and then you can um, make a piece of art with them. Yeah, out of that, out of that. I can see that. That's, that's, yeah. Yeah. I thought you were gonna say like a bunch of in, uh, uh, exhibitionists that are like all in your DMs and like they, I was like, oh. I get that too. I have to like put them in the general like section because <laughs> like I get nothing but a feed of all that stuff too. Oh, really? I don't get that much of that. There's some of that. I, I get people who think that I need to see that in order to shoot them. 
and that's their way of getting me to shoot them and yeah and it's most of the time I say oh no I don't want to see that <laughs> well there's something to be said like I think for like a, someone who's not completely naked for me is sexier than someone who's completely naked like I love just if it's a jockstrap if it's underwear if it's just socks if it's a shirt but they're like wearing something and they're not completely naked to me is sexier than when they're completely naked yeah um, I like the mystery. So, there's a little mystery, right? So you don't want, like, you don't, I don't want them to, like, give away the goods right off the bat. Like, it needs to be, like, don't send me a new photo before we even had a conversation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I think <laughs> the one thing that I will say that I, I love that people can't see on Instagram is the amount of support that I get on there and how many yeah. people send they go out of their way to send me a message of you made me laugh today your your images yeah. are are amazing I printed them out and they're in my office right now like your feed gives me life like like those types those types of messages I do like I, I that's one thing I do I like about that. Instagram yeah yeah that's wonderful I mean that's you know is someone out of the blue complimenting you on your art that's yeah freaking awesome right that should make you feel good yeah and that's something that i i i take take to heart because like i'm able to feel that i was able to have like some type of influence or some type of um some type of motive with that person that they were able to feel some type of way that they were able to write a message to me about how that how that image made them feel and that yeah. to me like that makes me feel really good that I had an impact on somebody yeah that's a wonderful feeling yeah that's the only thing Instagram kind of sucks but you know it is what it is <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is I think it can be what it I think it can be what you make of it yeah I, I right yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's the greatest thing about it is that you get to, to a certain degree, make your own narrative on your page of mm -hmm. like, you know, the, the yeah. type of work that you shoot, the type of whatever you want to put out there, it's out there for the reason because you put it out there. Yeah. And that's, that's like the, the, the great part about it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny how, do you find that you're very um, particular about your Instagram page? Because it is, it, when you think about it, it is kind of the modern day website, right? This is yeah. like, you're presenting your work to the world via Instagram. People don't go to your websites anymore, they go here. It's like right? your business card. So there is, yeah, there's, so I do, I do captions on all of my photos, on all my posts, and I do it in this particular way and I have a style that I do it and like the headlines all in caps and then there's an emoji and then there's a little descriptor about the model. And one of the models invited me to, um, you know, when you do, can do a joint post. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know how it's like both of, you know what a joint post is, right? Where they yeah. invite you to also share it. Right. So he invited me to it, but he put his own caption on it. And then like two days later, he's like, thanks for not, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Like in where I accept his invitation. So it goes on my page as well. Mm -hmm. And I wrote him and I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. It has nothing to do with the picture. It's just like, I do captions a certain way and I want it to all be the same. Uh -huh. And I was like, what is going on? Why do I care so much? 
Yeah. But it's exactly that. It is, it is our, it is the modern day business card slash portfolio. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just found it was really funny how big of a deal that ended up being to me when it shouldn't be. Yeah. I get a lot of those alerts saying like, oh, somebody wants to share a photo with you, blah, 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 blah. It's like, I I didn't shoot that. (laughs) Oh my God, they sent it to you incorrectly? Yeah, and it's like, I didn't shoot that. I'm not going to add that to my page. (laughs) I get tagged in photos that I didn't shoot, which is really funny. And I have to to remove it because it looks, you know, like, like I was like, yeah. Yeah, that that always cracks me up. I'm like, I didn't photograph this. I'm assuming they just want you to see the picture. Mm -hmm. So they tag you in it? Yeah. They think I shot it, but it's like, no, my color stuff's better. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we're going to get into our next segment, which we're talking about homoerotica. What is that? I don't know. Let me Google it. (laughs) Sounds sexy. (laughs) What what what, What is homoerotica? Well, I think it's anything that is um, geared towards um, imbuing desire in homosexuals. <laughs> like that feels like the most basic concept of it. Um, anything that you know tantalizes same-sex desire. The web, according to the Webster Dictionary, yeah. it's relating to or involving sexual activity between people of the same sex. Yeah, that, that's yeah, that's sort of we've sort of blown that open though in our modern world. And homoerotic is, I, I don't know whether that's like the blanket for the entire LGBTQ plus community anymore, but um, I feel like it it. it it, it it can, but it also like it, it, it I feel like it's mainly like queer erotica. Like homosexual would be more like just the G and just the L, whereas queer erotica would sort of be like more of a overall. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Is it is it antiquated now to say homoerotica? I think so. I'm just asking questions. I mean, I've I've used it multiple times. I've been I've been in a magazine called Homotography. So oh, nice. So I I, yeah, there's that. But Uh, would you say that your work has a little bit of homoerotica in it? I mean, the stuff on Hollywood Bruisers, I would say, is all the way around homoerotic. It's geared towards homos. Um, It's like sexually charged. It's um, it's playful, it's frisky, it's fun, it's frolicky. It's um, there's a there's definitely homoeroticism in it because I am a gay man taking pictures of gay guys with the intent of wanting gay men to look at it and um, derive you know visual pleasure from it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I tend to um, block a lot of like square state housewife type women because I feel like it's for the gays. Like what I'm doing is for the for the gays. Um, the models, uh, there was I think there's two straight guys that I've shot, 
And at some point last year, I was like, you know what? I just want to photograph gay guys. I just want this to be for, by, and about gay people because we have such a small portion of the pie on this planet. And every time we have something that's nice, heterosexuals come in and then they sort of take it over. And I mean, I'm looking at Provincetown, I'm looking at West Hollywood, I'm looking at Chelsea and New York, and it's like, we have these little havens and, and maybe the younger generations now are like, we, West Hollywood doesn't need to be in a gay, it doesn't need to be gay anymore. Like the gay bars don't need to be just for gay people. We can let straight women in. And I'm like, yeah, but there's like a hundred thousand straight bars in LA. Why do they have to come to the 10 that we have on one street? I mean, I'm all about like inclusion and I'm all about that, but yeah. don't, don't touch Santa Monica Boulevard. Right. Thank you. Like, leave it, leave it, leave it, give it for the gays. You can visit, you can visit, you can, you can come to my, my, my birthday party and everything. But like, if, if, if when it comes down to it, like, you know, this is like our safe places and yes. these are our, you know, communities that we built. Yes. And, and it's not like something that, you know, like, it's like, ooh, let's go to the gay town. It's like, it's not just the gay town. It's just like a home. This is a community. It's a home for us. Yeah. yeah. And when I first moved to LA, that was where I would go to feel like I belonged somewhere. Not anywhere else in Los Angeles. I went to Remember West Rage. Yeah. <laughs> Rage in the late, the mid to late nineties was the place to go other than studio one in West Hollywood, that's where you would go to dance and they played amazing music. Yes. And it was so hot, I loved yeah. it. <laughs> it was so so sad it's not there no more, but. Yeah, it hadn't been there for a while though. Yeah. Even even when it was still there. It, it, yeah, was, it was a little bit of a dump, but it was still, it still was fun to go there. It was like yeah, one of my first nice. bars that they went to. And, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so so Bruisers is definitely homoerotic and it's for the gays and it's about the gays. And, and it's about them, like the male gays. You know what I mean? Like there are a bazillion, I grew up with a bazillion pinup pictures of women in bikinis and every female celebrity, there was like a poster of her and there were like three posters of guys. And so I'm trying to do that for gay men. I'm trying mm -hmm. to make that kind of, um you know visual feasts of the male body for gay guys to look at yeah i see that yeah so you mentioned that these are like stories and things that have actually happened and you're just like basically like giving an editorial of like you know like a story off of these images of of you know like that have happened to you there's one in particular that i have a question about for joel is having a really hard time I'm very curious. How, how did that go? <laughs> so um, he was having a really hard time. Um, so that shoot was, um, we had discussed, you know, what we were going to do. And he's, he's really, he loves to bike. Like that's one of his hobbies is biking. And when I photograph these guys, I like to have a little bit of them in the, in the shoot. So like there's a fellow named Michael, who's a dancer. And so we decided like Cabaret is one of his, you know, one of his favorite movies. And so I was like, what if we did like a Cabaret Tom of Finland thing and sort of mash it together. So I kind of want something that they're, you know, as part of them in the shoot and then it's me photographing them the way I see them. So with the bike shoot, that was actually came about because the very first 
a porn movie I ever watched was called Spokes. And it was about a bike team who at the end of their, you know, bike race, uh, met up in a barn and then got it on. And the the shoot was basically like him in his bike, you know, his bib, his, his biking bib thing, and then slowly coming out of it. And in my head, like I wanted to do it outside originally, but I think it rained and so we did it inside. Um, and in my head, that's where, like, I was thinking back to that film, which I saw when I was 17, I think. Mm. And it blew my mind because it was the first game porn I'd ever seen. Um, and so that kind of was all in my head was all about that like setup. <laughs> anyway, at some point during the shoot, he was naked. And I was like, what if you were like, what if we put the bike? And it was like the sexiest bike accident that ever happened. And that's where it came about. And it, um, it was actually a really sweet moment. Uh, he's a lovely fella and it was really fun. And um, like the emotions that were going across his face were, it was so delightful because he was like embarrassed and a little shy, but excited and sort of turned on by the whole thing. Um, it was really sexy. Um, yeah. I thought it was kind of comedic because I was thinking like, what happened? <laughs> Oh, like, no, it wasn't that a bad biking accident. <laughs> I was like, no, but girl, like, what happened? Because like, I was like, because like when you look at the photo, you can right now everyone's viewing the edited version, but right. if you go to um to Hollywood Bruiser's Twitter page, you can see the full image. And I'm like, yeah. what happened? He must have fallen off of his bike with the boner there. <laughs> <laughs> that happened after he was already done it. Um, yeah. I hate when that happens. Uh, you hate when your clothes fall off while you're biking and then you crash. Yeah. And then you get on. <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was a really fun shoot. He's a sweet guy. That, that's when I asked you about that one in particular. I was like, what's that story about? Because you said that I mentioned like the things that have happened already. Yeah. And that's like where I was yeah. curious. I didn't, I never, I never went through a sexy bike accident, but, um, but like I did a shoot with a guy in a car and like that was based on the first time I ever made out with a guy in a car when I was 18. And, um, and then there's a shoot that I did with um, a friend named Rich and I turned him into like the ultimate leather daddy. And that was based on my first experience in San Francisco with like a classic leather daddy. Uh -huh. um, you know, and then there's a photo of uh, Andrew bent over and he's like, his swimsuit's coming down and he's by a pool. And when I was 14, uh, I was at a public pool and there was a guy who was changing and he had a towel wrapped around his waist. And as he was like pulling on his swimsuit, his towel fell. I'm like, you know, he was naked and I saw it. So that was like going back to that. Um, I love that. that there's like that emotional moments. Yeah. I love that you're sharing this with me because it's something that like, you know, like the little details that you see in a photograph that people don't yeah. know. And there's a reason yeah. why you're doing it for the reason, not just because, of, you know, like it's just like pulling the, the, the shorts down just a little bit just because it, oh, it's going to look cool. No, but you actually have a reason for it. And that's what's beautiful about it. Sometimes, sometimes the shorts are being pulled down just because it looks sexy. Mm -hmm. You know, there's not a reason for everything. Um, but there's, there's, you take all of your collective experiences with you everywhere you go and you can't they can't that you can't help but be informed by everything that's come before you know what I mean like every yeah. decision you make on a photo shoot is based on something else that you've been through 
Yeah. So whether you know it or not, you know, a guy doing a certain pose, wearing a certain thing in one of your photos is probably based on something that's happened to you or you've experienced or you felt or you've thought of or you've envisioned in your head. I mean, I have I, I have so many sketchbooks that I just had over the years and I draw a lot. And it's whether yeah. it's just being like little doodles here and there, or it's just like an actual like scene that I'm like drawing. Yeah. I've turned so many of those into like my my early work and then today still. And people like like I, I don't ever talk about it either. And when I show yeah. it actually to the to the models or you know, like showing it to the creative team, showing them like, oh, like, you know, like this is this was inspired by this. And they're like, holy shit, that looks just like what, what you shot. And I was like, it's for that reason. Like, like I had an idea and a vision that I what made into an actual like um, image. So I had a, a job for Lowe's Hotels and um, it was a food and beverage job. And the very first like um, hotel, I went to 24 other hotels around the country. And the very first one, I like drew out some ideas for the client mm -hmm. and the minute I did that, the minute they saw it and I, you know, sketched out like three ideas and I was like, these are my concepts. They were like, Oh my God, do this for all of them. So let me just show you really, cause it's hilarious that you just said that, but like, I don't know if you can see that. Yeah. Can you see that? Uh -huh. Okay. There's a guy holding a tray and it's got some stuff on it. Yeah. And then that's the shot. That's awesome. But that's how it, that's how it, how it, it happens. That's how it starts. But that's like where I, when I start doing a concept, when I start doing a um, idea, I have to have mm -hmm. some, I have to like, I have to put it on a piece of paper first to see it, like how things are going to be placed. How like, does, yeah. does this, does the form of the body, like if it's like an upper, like belly button, like above, like, is it going to fit like the whole framing that, that I want within the piece? And right. it goes, it goes deeper than that. It's not just like me shooting. Like it's whole like conceptualized before I even get to like where, where, where I'm at. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that always helps. Uh, I find that if I go to a shoot and I'm not prepared, and I don't know what I want to do. It's never as good as if I already have the idea in my head. Yeah. 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 It helps for sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, when I, when I, all of these shoots, I always tell the models, look, I'm a professional photographer. This is what I do. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to inappropriately touch you if I need to move something. Cause it's generally just me. I'm the model. I, uh -huh. that's it. Um, and I, if I have to like, you know, move something or like change something or, you know, if there something's whatever it is, I always say like, is it okay if I do this? And, and they're always fine. I was like, yeah, just do whatever you want. But it's really important to me that people know that like, this is a professional shoot. This isn't like nothing untoward is going to happen on a photo shoot. It's going to be, it needs to be professional because that's how I need it to be. But that's great though, that you have that communication with them first, because there yeah, is, a, there is a lot of people out there and there's a lot, and I of, hear a lot of stories. I hear a lot of stories and it makes me really sad because I think it makes people uncomfortable then going forward, you know, but it, it ruins it for everyone else too. Right, right. So I and I always make sure like I want you to feel comfortable. So you know, this is the most important thing. I'm gonna compliment them. I'm very complimentary. Like I am 
again, super spazzy and super excited. When I like something, people know it to the point where they start laughing because I'm so excited by it. And I'll be like, oh my God, that's amazing. Don't move. And my face gets really animated. And, um, but it's not, it's, 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 it's not me trying to hit on them. It's just me trying to make them feel sexy because I want them to feel sexy because then it's in the eyes and it's in the face. And like for me, I know that I shoot bodies, but the most important thing to me is a face. Mm-hmm. And that's why there's so much eye contact in my photos. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that's, that's beautiful in a way. It's also poetic that goes with that whole genre of like the eye contact thing. And it kind of makes you like fall a little bit more deeper into your work with that. Yeah, and I and 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 I feel like that it just draws in the viewer a little bit more. It's a little more confrontational. It's a little less passive, you know. Um, it sort of um, forces you to pay attention if you're looking at the picture. Yeah, so, because I, if the person's head is turned away or if it's you know obscured, that's fine, and there's nothing wrong with that. Then you can just admire it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's no, there might not be the tension where if you're like scanning down someone's body and they're staring at you like wait do i look at his face or can i look at his crotch or should yeah. I look at his face yeah so that's like a whole other like spectacle because i try not to like let them see me looking at them because uh-huh. then they get a little like uncomfortable in the, that situation uh-huh. but most of the time I'm, I'm looking at them through the lens and if i see something just i gotta double take and look at it before like i snap a shot i'm yeah. like I'm like, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, you're good. And you go like, oh, what's wrong? And I'm like, um, I will say something outspoken here and there, but like uh-huh. sometimes like I don't I, I don't even know what I'm saying sometimes. Yeah. And one, t- one time like I'm like, I, I look over and he goes like he was like, what's wrong? I was like, oh no, your bean bag is showing. And so like <laughs> like something like that, like just like totally like kills the set because like I didn't even realize I'm saying it, but then I just like totally annihilated the model in that moment. <laughs> bean bag is showing. That's hilarious. I don't look at them. I don't. So I'm old school. I look through the viewfinder, not at the back of the camera when I shoot. I uh-huh. never understand how people do that. I mean, and there's a lot of photographers who do that. But like, I need to. I need the camera to be here. I need the viewfinder to be here. I'm looking through the camera through uh-huh. the lens. I can't shoot looking at like the back of my screen. Yeah, I, I don't get that. I, I'm this. I'm the same way. And I like. It's gonna sound weird. But maybe because I just been I, I have like a system and I know how to set the lights and whatnot, but like I don't really use a light meter because I for me it slows me down and I already know you know how, what your settings are gonna be? I, I know what the settings and I know how to set the camera. Yeah. Like what like I do a test shot just to make sure that I uh, all the lights are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Right. But I I automatically know like in my head like what how how to light that subject in, in that moment. But my friend was showing me. He goes like he goes like that's so crazy that you do that and I was just like yeah. it's just like I I've, I've been doing it for so long and I already know with the surface like the skin and like how it's gonna like you know bounce and, and whatnot but like my friend showed me on the back of the screen he goes you just go into live mode and you just edit like you set it like that and I was like I'm like wow that's a new way to 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 think about it and I was like, I was like okay okay so wait, wait live view mode is like film right it's filming yeah it. yeah. yeah. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a little nap, but we'll be right back. Hey, bitches. It's Black Friday at the Jono Shop. Pre-order is available now for my sixth installment to the Book of Jono series titled Solid Autonomy. And I'm introducing the Jono gift card. 
available for Jono Photography services that don't expire. You can't go wrong with the Jono gift card. Terms and conditions do apply. And the entire Jono shop is currently 15 to 25% off. Available now through November 28, 2022. Happy holidays. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Oh, that was a nice little cat nap. Uh, so what got you into shooting these types of, of work? Okay. <clears throat> when I was in school, I needed money. And I had a connection based on my prior job in magazines to the fellow who ran Randy Blue. Do you remember randyblue.com? Yeah. Okay. So I, he asked me to photograph one of his performers for like a, like a magazine or something. And so I did. And he loved it. And so then he threw another guy at me and then another guy. And then I started doing like, like I did like 10 other guys for a DNA cover story. And then I did something for this magazine called Pref. And um, he just kept having me photograph his models. And it slowly started like, this was when the internet was really exploding and the pictures went, like these pictures went everywhere. And people still are like, I remember your Randy Blue photos of X, Y, and Z of Chris Rockway, at least right now, whatever. Like people still remember those photos because they went everywhere. And I think that's kind of what got me into photographing this sort of stuff. Uh, was that was like the, like a, like the foundation that, that was. But then also like growing up, I loved, you know, Herb Ritz and Bruce Weber and um, all of the physique pictorial. Mm -hmm. I have this huge book, uh, uh, Bob Miser World, I think it's called, uh -huh. Bob Miser's photographs. And, you know, just, I think that's, I think that's where it started. Um, and the aesthetic just sort of slowly grew. But when I was shooting the Randy Blue guys, there was nothing like retro about it. It was just, you know, them against the seamless or them in a pool or, you know, at a house. Um, and the retro thing didn't really come about until much later. Uh, when I started realizing, you know, these are the things I love. I love crop tops. I love socks that have the stripes on them. I love, you know, 80s visors. I love a popped collar. Um, I love the wristbands and the headbands that we used to wear. And um, yeah, so that's kind of how it started. It started through Randy Blue. How did you start photographing? It was an accident. It was an accident. Um, was it? Well, I needed to shoot somebody for a project that I had for class. And yeah. I was like, you know, I'm going to do male beauty aesthetic, you know, type of work. And my teacher hated it because he says, that's not beauty. And I was like, well, it's beauty to me. And what were the pictures? Like male physique. And it was like my first color images. Uh -huh. and so I started, uh, I, I actually posted like some of them. I, I took them down, but then I, I kind of reshot them and mastered my my color. Yeah. Like the way that I, I shoot. Your color is amazing. Thank you. Took me years to find yeah. find like the right chemicals and everything to put it all like together. And um, when I I started shooting guys and I started promoting it like to you know to agencies and whatnot, I'm like, oh, you know, like I, this is some work that I've done with some of my guys. And then all of a sudden, all the agencies started hitting me up, saying like, you know, hey, dude, we want you to do this. We have these models. We have this studio for you. We'll pay for everything. And you know, like, did they pay you? Huh? Did they pay you? They did pay me. Okay, good. I, I did get paid. Like test shoots, they always just say test shoots. Yeah. 
and it wasn't like 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 big money or anything. It no, was, but they paid you something. They accommodated everything that I needed. Yeah. Okay. But um, that snowballed until like all of a sudden, like I just started posting all these guys and everything, and it became like a thing. Yeah. Where you know, like I'm like, okay, like I guess I'm a men's photographer now, and I shoot them like a certain way, and it's cool. But I really wanted to do women's fashion. Yeah, I wanted to do all that stuff that you see like in catalogs and magazines that, you know, was geared towards women yeah. and still to this. No, not anymore because the magazine's not the same anymore. But um, Playboy was one of my biggest um, people that I wanted on on my my radar that to shoot like those campaigns and those types of pictorials that they used to do. I never mm -hmm. saw like the softcore um porn within it it's not even I don't even think I don't even consider it porn but a lot of people consider that because of the nudity but I always thought of that as like the most beautiful images that I've, I've ever seen of a nude figure seeing yeah. like how like way that they combine all these production like the whole production of it creating yeah. this concept to creating this beautiful piece of art and yeah I, I turned that into boys yeah but do you do you shoot I'm looking now do you, you don't have any women on here because I, I I it it never became a thing I I, I did eventually shoot some women and some yeah. stuff, some stuff but yeah. it never um it never looked the way that I wanted it to look and I felt I became more comfortable with men yeah and, there's a huge difference in shooting men and women yeah uh, men are a lot easier to shoot yeah absolutely yeah you're um, like here here's some baby oil go <laughs> yeah i mean kind of yeah yeah have you ever seen god there was some show maybe it was um what was the show with the three bunnies and they were like hefs girls the girls next door did you ever oh, yeah. see that yeah there was one episode that had a behind the scenes of one of their photo shoots and it was with their old school photographer so this was yeah. i don't know how that's, many that's got. what got me into it and so do you remember he literally there was like a there was a hair light and then there was a big beauty key light but then they had like seven or eight different lights and he had mirrors set up and it was like this whole big thing i kind of think he was still shooting on film but yeah. maybe maybe it was it was tethered i can't remember but i remember seeing that going holy shit like the production of those old um playboy centerfolds mm -hmm. Well, here's another thing. One of my uncles used to buy me the magazine sometimes and just like sneak it into my room and just like say, oh, I got you that. And I'm like, huh, thanks. And then I'm like, like to me, like I wouldn't look at it for that. I would actually read the articles and I would yeah. actually collect the images in there because I thought they were so beautiful. Yeah. And it you when I, turn you straight and you're yeah. like, girl, this is gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, um, I, I fell in love with the girls next door for that reason because of yeah. how they had the behind the scenes, yeah. um, like how, how they were able to do it. And then with top model being on TV, seeing yeah. like how like all those legends like uh, working and doing like, like doing it. And I was just like, I was like, I wanted to do that. And then it kind of became something different for me. There is a little bit of a production still like that that whole thing still exists like on my sets, but okay. I, I, um, yeah, like I, I came from wanting to do that and then it turning into something else. Yeah. Well, I'm still happy with it. I still love it. Yeah. But it's, I mean, I think had someone told me 
look, this is the reality of photography. It's fucking expensive to do. It's an expensive career to get into. The equipment is astronomical. Mm -hmm. And had I really thought about that when I was changing careers, I don't know whether that would have sort of made me think about it a little bit more than I did because I didn't really think about any of that stuff. Um, but yeah, it is it is a career that if you are a trust fund kid, then it's really easy. Yeah. Um, and if you're not, it's gonna be uh, a, a bit of a struggle. It's gonna be a hustle. It's gonna be a nonstop hustle. And um, it's hard, it's hard. And everyone's a photographer now. I mean, if you have one of these, basically, you're, yeah. you know, um, not really, but you can take a picture. Yeah. But yeah, it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough gig. It's a tough yeah. I remember my first um, class where we were, we were responsible for making a whole production, yeah. like production worthy thing, getting a makeup artist, getting a hairstylist, getting, you know, a professional model, getting everything together that will actually make it a, yeah. a worthy images that will be in your portfolio. And I remember dropping and putting so much stuff on my credit card. And I was like, and this is just for a class assignment. <laughs> and and I'm like, and I'm like, these, uh, and I'm like, professionals do this like every day. And it's like, like, it's a, like the X, you know, it's a great. Yeah. 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 It's, um, I feel like that. One of my first jobs out uh, after school was shooting a woman and the hair and makeup team <laughs> almost made me cry. I wasn't strong enough. I didn't know to sort of like stand my ground. Um, they kind of hijacked the whole shoot. And I remember thinking, yeah, I don't want to shoot women anymore because this is what's going to be like all the time. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, it, it didn't, it stayed with me a little bit. It's not why I don't shoot women per se um but i remember that feeling of like i don't know if i like this whereas then i would shoot guys and it was just you know easier and it was always easier and like if there was a groomer on set it was always easier than if there was the hair and makeup team Mm -hmm. i don't know i started doing my own grooming for the stuff and so i have also too a makeup background oh so much doesn't it yeah and yeah. so being able to know exactly what I need to do and how I'm going to do it and yeah. w- w- what I need to get and I can do it just in some instant without telling somebody like, this is what I want. This is a, this, and this is a, versus just okay. doing it and knowing yeah. exactly how to do it. Yeah. That's like what makes that's my so job awesome. so much easier. Oh, I like that. Yeah. You just basically, you have control over all of it. Yeah. It ends up looking the way you want it. Whereas- exactly. I mean, how many times have you been on, like, think back to when you were just starting out and the model would come out of hair and makeup and you're like, oh my God, that's not at all what we talked about. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I would too, because I would be watching them as they're doing it or yeah. filming it, making my own little like reel of like behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. And I would, you know, like stop it. Like, okay. Like, you know, like the hair is not, not, um, his hair is a little bit like thinner than what, what it, what it's, um, than what we're expecting to do. So we're going to need to do like this a little bit. You need to amp it up a little bit more. And then when they would be like, 
I'm the hairstylist, like, you know, type of thing. And I was like, I was like, yeah, you are the hairstylist and you may be really proficient in what you're able to do, but that's not what I want to photograph. I want to photograph this. And that's the reason why I booked this guy because he has great cheekbones and I want to focus that and complement everything within it. You can compliment, yeah. the hair can complement the face in that, re in that retrospect. And when I started standing my ground to those people, like how you're mentioning, like yeah. it was, it was like kind of becoming like a, like a little disappointment. I'm like, you know what, I'm going to take a hair course and just see how, what, I, what I can do with it. And, yeah. you know, like when I started doing makeup, that was like when like, I was like, oh, I can take care of all this stuff. But, but was, I still love, yeah. I still love having a makeup artist, a groomer on set. It does help. It, but it makes a world of difference, honestly. Mm -hmm. and but I, I think there's like two shoots on Hollywood Bruisers that had a groomer mm -hmm. and it's just, it makes a world of difference. Yeah. A lot of the guys I shoot don't necessarily need it, but like. It's so helpful to have. I mean, let's be honest. Some of them need it. <laughs> I don't know. I think. I. I think most of the guys that I've shot. I mean, I I'm I. A lot of them I've asked. Um, and a bunch have asked me, but they always like. I don't know. They always pull it out. They always turn it out. Yeah, I guess I just lucky. Yeah, I think yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every once in a while, there'll be like a job where someone shows up and they don't quite look like their photos, but that doesn't happen that often. But also, we, you know, I live in Los Angeles. It's like you go to Trader Joe's and it looks like a casting call for a CW, you know, team <laughs> show or school or college show. It's just. This isn't reality here. But that's city. also too the magic of Photoshop. True. <laughs> it's true. And the minute I learned how to like dodge and burn skin, everything changed. Yeah. Because <laughs> I do it old school. I don't do the like the I don't know Gaussian blur or whatever the hell people use. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. I've I've seen horror horror horrible results with people that try to show me. Like, oh, I know how to do it, and it's like, okay, show me how, show me what you can do. And when they they show me, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm okay. The funniest <laughs> thing is when I look back at my old work from like ten years ago because I used to be on Flickr. Do you remember Flickr? Was Flickr yeah. a thing when you were younger? Yeah. So that was before Instagram, there was Flickr and it was basically four photographers. Mm -hmm. And I look at some of that stuff from back in like the early 2010s and I, it's like literally a wax figure. There's no pores whatsoever. The eye, the eye color is like neon green. <laughs> the whites are like blazing white. It is terrifying. Yeah, I have definitely- hey, you're talking back about my old by. portraits. <laughs> but we all had that back then. That was the look. <laughs> That was absolutely the look. Yeah. So scary. Did, I mean, you must look back at your old retouching and be like, what was that? I actually thing? was able to log into my old MySpace and I was um, like my old was photos. Still physically there? Like yeah. MySpace is physically? Oh, it's, it's still kicking. It's barely. But it, it takes a minute to load everything up, but it's it's still there. I mean, I was able to lo look into it and I'm like, oh my yeah. God, these are oil paintings. <laughs> <laughs> we've come a long way yeah yeah i have a, what's question. Your, have a question real quick i have a question for you yeah what's your big because we were talking about models what's your biggest pet peeve based on social media of models 
when they approach you? When they approach me, um, I, it's it's something that happens every it's it, it's every day, and I wish I had a nickel for every time I've opened these messages. Let's yeah. collab and. and and yeah, like, yeah, like uh, not even like I love your work. I think your work is amazing. I think like we can make this aesthetic work. I I have this concept in mind. Um, you know, like I I want to do this type of none of that. Let's collab. And it's like okay, I, I'm I stop allowing people to like like to doing that whole process and everything because I'm usually the one that's stuck with the bill. If you have a look and I'm into it and I love it and I can see some work that can happen there, then I will yeah. produce it. But yeah. if if someone's just like, like, I think we should collab, blah, 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 blah. And I think it'll be really great and stuff like that for both of our accounts. I'm like, for whose account? And, and, <laughs> and like, how is this going to help me? Like, like I, I don't know. It's seen that. And um, yeah. and then when once I have, I have like this like copy and paste thing I post and I'm like, oh, unfortunately, I'm not doing any collaborations at the moment right now. But if you would like to book a shoot with me, I'll be happy to set that up for you immediately. Right. Like the message, the message immediately disappears or I get blocked from that person. So it's like, OK, not wow. even not even a follow. You guys, wow. you y'all, y'all just want a free images. <laughs> um. What? Yeah, that's that's my biggest pit peeve. Yeah. What's yours? Um. Uh. I. So it's the same thing, just different words. Um. If it's out of the blue and I've never interacted with them whatsoever, and then and the message just says "Let's shoot!" exclamation point. And that's it. Um. The thing I I don't. I don't know whether people realize how much work goes into setting yeah. up a photo shoot in Los Angeles, in New York, in Chicago. I don't know, and literally anywhere that's like a major metropolitan area. Yeah. Um, you know, and if we have to book a studio, and then we have to if we have to rent equipment and like come up with the concept, and then if you've got to hire a hair and makeup person or a stylist, yeah, like it's a lot of work, and then. Like I generally will bring, you know, some bottles of water and some like um, bags of almonds and maybe some fruit to a shoot. I would be so incredibly thrilled if someone called me on the way to the shoot and said, hey, I'm just going to stop at, you know, Rite Aid or 7-Eleven or something. Can I pick you up a bottle of water or do you want a protein bar? Like That would be, that would bowl me over if that ever happened. Yeah. Um, that those are rare and those are the ones that actually text you on your birthday say what's up like call you up and just like like those are rare cases that's rare and i'm not saying that we need to become friends it's just i'm uh, we literally have to show up with everything and then after the shoot they get to go back to the gym and we have to go and unload the equipment yeah. download the images process the images and then spend hours retouching the images yeah and i think there just needs to be a little more courtesy coming from the other side or i i would love it if there was everyone that i've shot everyone that i photographed from instagram has been lovely um i have had zero bad experiences with the people that i photographed and some of them have become friendly with yeah. i don't photograph people to become friends with them i photograph them because i love their face or I love the, the the aesthetics of them, and I want to capture that. And um, so I don't expect us to become best buds, not at all. 
Um, I just like the whole like let's shoot and that's it. And I don't know who they are and they never had any interaction and they don't say, hey, I love your pictures or hey, I love this 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 post or hey, this is amazing, whatever. I'd love some. there's a there's a there's a there's a disposability to our world now with social media and the content creation and this constant need for a constant feeding of the beast that is social media yeah. that people sort of have it's like these images that we're making are less important now because they're literally the next day going out and doing something else yeah and they're going to put it up there and then that's it Chris, you and I, like, we're going to spend hours and hours and hours and hours making this thing. Yeah. Um, so a little more courtesy would be, I think, would be lovely. And I hate... And again, it. it's like, I don't know whether that matters to anybody. I'm not sure. It, it does to, like, both of us. Like, we're both artists. And we yeah. see, we don't see the photography that we're producing as content, because that's basically what they want it to be. Right. Like, it, it's still our artwork, and we have, like, this... Um, love and appreciation for what we're doing and it's not content it's you know it's not just a post it yeah. this is stuff that we're creating yeah, and, and, and years of experience to get to this point to know exactly what the fuck we're going to do and then to have somebody just be like oh yeah I, I think we should collab because you know like i think like i will look so good in pink light and it's like no yeah. It's not going to compliment your face. Yeah. <laughs> <That's terrible. laughs> yeah. I've heard that from several of the photographers. And I was curious if, if you would touch on that. Like three or four of my photographer friends have all said the same thing. Yeah. And it, it's the same thing that we were just talking about. Yeah. Is that, um, it doesn't happen to me, but um, because I have like, my models have to sign a model release and when I send them images it's like I send them the images with a text yeah. or an email and there's like they always tag me um but I do when when photographers shoot people or I see pictures on you know people's pages and they haven't tagged the photographer that hurts yeah. me a little bit because it's like yeah I I've already gone through that like so many times like where I don't get credited or anything and I I go all the way through, like in the model release, that's included in the model release that you have to oh, really? credit me, oh, wow. um, give me the credit. And when, I, when they receive the, the images, it's usually in an email that has like all the breakdown of things that I need to get have met. Yeah. So I already uh, um, disclose things that like, you know, things that I need to have before you can have your images oh, in wow. those situations. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm, I, I have a whole um, schematic when it comes to it. Just oh, yeah. because like if someone's going to be using my images for, you know, like their representation and if I'm producing it, it's going to be under my conditions. It's not going to be, you know, just to, to post a post, you know, it's going to be through through what I want. And yeah. if it's someone it's like if it's like a, a person that's doing it for like their new album or, you know, like they're doing a promotions for their event and something like that, that I that I've done, you know, like you can do whatever the fuck you want. But like if I'm producing something and that this is like something that I'm putting my time and effort into it it has to be done the way that I want it to be done yeah but but then you know people say I'm a bitch people say that I I'm too um hands-on I've been told that I'm too hands-on and I was like it's my work yeah how can I not (laughs) how can I not you know like it's your baby yeah how can I not say what how how and what these are going to be used for 
but you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Alrighty, bitches, it's been fun. <laughs> Gabriel, it's this been fun. <laughs> yeah, this has been so much fun. Getting to know you and your artwork, where things come from, where they are now. I'm so thrilled and happy that you're able to spend some time with us today. Thank you, and thank you for having me. Thank you for asking. I That's really fun. appreciate it. Um, for some of our listeners that don't know you and don't know where to find your work, where can they find your work? Um, so they can go on Instagram and it's Hollywood underscore bruisers is the, well, that's what we've been talking about for today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my regular work is gabrielgoldberg.com. Sweet. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to plug? No pun intended. Um, none taken. Um, <laughs> I don't think so, because I think we sort of talked about there's nothing, you know, we'll have to do this again when I have a show. (laughs) Yes. And whenever you do, let me know and we can put that all together. Thank you. No, no, this is it. Thank you so much. And Um, thank you. This is my second one that I've ever done. So I hope it was okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like and subscribe. Please. (laughs) Alrighty, guys. Thank you guys so much and have a good night. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening. This is Jabber Podcast, executive produced by John Madison. If you have a question, comment, topic, or story you want to share, we want to hear it. Email jabbrpod at gmail.com or send us a DM on Instagram or Twitter at jabberpod. This podcast is intended for entertainment purposes only. Stories and mentions are not meant to hurt anyone or their subtitle parties. Intro and outro, LA Step by We. Oh, <laughs> my